All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Mind Over Matter. I think it's episode 25, 26, one of the two. Um, this episode we had on Sarah M. Very, very happy that she came on. Very fortunate. Thank you, Sarah, for coming on. Um, she survived the killing fields of Cambodia during 1970. And now she lives down here in Tampa. And we just ran into each other on an entrepreneur forum. Uh, because as you all know, me and Kevin are working a little bit on the side, uh, Always. trying to get a little digital marketing going, but we'll get there when we get there anyways. Uh, yeah, Sarah, Sarah came on. She reminded me, I told her at the end, she reminded me a lot of my grandmother. She, she is able to face adversity with the smile on her face still. And just, you'll get, you get, you'll see throughout the whole conversation. She's just so, I don't know. She tells the story with such a light heart and it's just. It's 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 very it left both me and Kevin speechless. Uh, <laughs> yeah, rare, rarely am I left speechless, and and her story left me speechless. Like hearing what Sarah went through and what she overcame, right? It is like getting punched in the face with perspective. Like everything that I think, like oh, if I don't have like my nicotine pouches or some shit, dude, I'm just gonna die. You know. Yeah. I don't like want to spoil it. Mike Tyson too, like this ain't Dude, a regular punch. Right? Iron Mike right to the jaw, bro. Yeah, yeah. So no, it's a great episode. I'm super thankful for that she came on, and uh, I think we should just get into it. Yeah, y'all enjoy. That's we are live. Welcome back, everybody. Um, very special guest here, a little background. Me and Kevin have been working for our own agency. We started our own advertising and online presence agency. And I recently went to a forum, a entrepreneur forum. Got very lucky, it's called M3 Linked. I'll put the description and everything below, but I recently just joined yesterday. And when I went to my first meeting, Sarah was there. And <clears throat> to say the least, I was very, very excited to have another speaker in the room, just another person who speaks for I, for a living. I don't do it for a living, but that's what I enjoy <laughs> doing is talking. So it was very nice to have someone someone with me that's also on kind of the same type of journey, but just uh, with a different story. And Sarah, Sarah opened up and told me she wrote her own book um, about the struggles she had in her life. And just from that, I emailed her and hope, hopefully crossed my fingers that she'd come on and share with us a little bit of what she went through. And luckily enough, here she is. So, so Sarah, how have you been? How are you doing since we talked? I'm doing good. Good. Thank you for the invitation. appreciate that. Yeah, thank you for showing up. <laughs> Discord's a little hard to use, but, but we got it done and uh, we're here. And um, Kevin, how are you doing today? I am phenomenal. Uh, I'm super thankful to you, Sarah, for coming on and uh, had a lot of shit going on personally, and I'm really excited about the future. So with that said, let's get into it. All right. Well, Sarah, I guess um, if, you, if you'd like to just start start from the beginning where you grew up and where you're from, and we could just go from yeah. there. Okay. I will um, share my journey. So as you can tell, I'm not born in United States. I I was born in Cambodia and uh, grew up in the farm area. My parents are farmers. So in my childhood, I enjoy the nature because 
we live in a countryside. I was the firstborn child, and as you can imagine, I I was loved, and I <laughs> feel secure in my uh, in my life when I grew up. So my parents always encouraged me to keep going in school to get going and had uh, I. They encourage me to pursue higher education because they don't want me to grow up as a farmer. They, <laughs> they say it's hard work. I don't want you to be a farmer like us. Yeah. So with that in mind, with that in mind, as soon as I can, I attend college. What college? College, college is um, the College of Engineering, and I. I pursue a chemical engineering. Wow. I it, I like math. <laughs> I was good at math and that's the only thing that I can I can see it's possible that to use math as a profession. So there's not much option. Not not much yeah. opportunity to do, to do anything in in a small country like that. So the closest thing that I can do is engineering. So I left my my hometown and my family behind and uh, going to college. And that college is located in the capital city. That is about 350 miles away from my hometown. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Is yeah. that is that normal for people in Cambodia to do to travel like that to go to college? Because here in America, it's I mean, if I chose to go to college over in California to leave my family, that would be kind of kind of normal. At least now, is that is that kind of the standard over there or no? Uh, well, it's the same. If you want to go to college, you have to leave your hometown. Okay. Because not not that many college available everywhere in the country. Yeah, I was gonna ask how many colleges like, like, did you have a pretty good selection to choose from in Cambodia, or, or probably not? <laughs> no, not, not much. So there's a, a college that you can pursue uh, medical, anything to do with medical, like doctors and pharmacy, all that. And then there's a, a college that if you are good at literature. I don't know much about it, but there is a college that you can attend. There's a different option there. But if you are good at um, math and science, that's uh, where I end up. I end up in this uh, university that they have different different uh, major that you can concentrate on. And and so when. After college, what what happened after college? You you ended up getting a degree in math or college? I'm sorry, chemical engineering, and then where'd you go from there? I did not get to finish. No. <laughs> why? Why? Yeah. Did why? It? Yeah. There was a destruction. Why? The the, the communist Khmerus came in. They invade the country. Wait. So this this was. I don't want to offend you. This you went to college in like the eighties. 
it's in the 70s. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> I, like, bro, I don't know what number to give, dude. Um, like early 70s or like late 70s? Mid, mid 70s. Okay, so like not that long after the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. Yeah, are these this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are these the same communists from Vietnam? No. Okay. It's, Where are these ones coming from? This one is from the own, our own people, Cambodian people. Oh. They, okay. Yep. Yep. They was uh, persuaded to to like communism. So there was uh, a lot of propaganda. The the communists come from outside and they I don't know where they come from, where they start. But they took the young people from school, they took the teacher, you know, some of some people that is open minded to listen to the concept of communism. So they took them somewhere and train them and brainwash them. You know how they brainwash the young people? They brainwash to be angry and mad at the people that live in that current uh, current uh, government. Oh. So they, they persuaded the people in Cambodia to think that the existing government was oppressive, right? Yes. Okay, and then that's where they get kind of angry and more, yeah, like inclined to act on. Okay, okay. Yeah. So let me back up a little bit about the 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 politics in Cambodia. For for century, Cambodia was a royalist. We have we have royal family. We have okay. the king and queen king and queen that ruled the country for, for many centuries. And in 1970, there was a, a change. There was an abrupt change that the, um, there was a liberation from royalists. Like so, a violent liberation? No, not, not too violent. Uh, there was a vote and the um the democracy won over the royalty okay so it's become democracy okay yeah there at that time there was they they elected the president and all the the government office everything not under the royal family anymore but under the normal people. And and that was more leaned towards communism. No. Not that yet. Was, that was not yet. Okay. Not yet. Yeah. That, that was capitalist. Okay. At that time the uh, United States got involved. They sent they sent some military aid to help to pre- to protect the country from communism. But the people in in that government, there are a lot of corrupt people. So the money that Russia receives is now used probably to strengthen the military needs. Like the U.S. gave Cambodia like humanitarian aid, but the new government was like, oh, we'll just take all of it and spend it on the military. 
We don't know that. We don't know uh, that. Okay. I mean, no one knows. <laughs> yeah, I I don't want to uh, to say anything that it's not really. I I don't know for sure, but it's only the speculation. Yeah. And yeah, there's a group of people that they don't like the new government. They they were okay with the royal royalists that usually under the king and the queen and all that but now the new government that are not royal they don't really like it especially they receive some support from united states so this new group people that lean toward communism so they learn more about communism and then they buy into the communist concept right so so that was all happening when you when you were going into college and and so it, it shifts to democracy and then while you're in college it's kind of unraveling that people are more communist there and then before you can finish college it's it's almost full-blown communism and you can't go to college anymore yeah well the communism it's just um, something behind the scene they didn't yeah. reveal themselves they only took the youth, the, the young people, and maybe some teachers and some people who want to, uh, to see the country go the different direction. So they go, they go and get training. And the training, like I said, it's, it's, not, it's not healthy. It's the training of brainwashing to turn people against our own people. So, and like they're sneaky with it too right like they're not like oh yeah we're communists this is how great it is it's like like they're a little bit more sneaky in how they present the idea right yeah yeah i think so i don't know i haven't been into their training ground so i have yeah. no idea <laughs> <laughs> did, did you know anyone that like got recruited into these camps no but the result come out when they took over the country so okay so when did that happen april 17 1975. wow and that was a liberation or is that just another is that more of a coup and they they showed up and said this is ours now the coup yeah it's the military takeover yeah they came in in military trucks tanks wow. and a soldier with with automatic gun all that processing coming in through the street of of the capital city so i was peeping through my window <laughs> and see, see so i see the processing came in the, the military truck yeah. and all that wow so we have no idea what to expect yeah. did you you knew it wasn't like the the act like the state military though like, like uh, you, you knew that these guys were communists and not like the existing government. Though. Right, right. We know because they they dress up in black. Their uniform is black uniform. Oh. Our, our existing military is like the greenest, uh, the the normal military right. uniform. But these people, they wear black uniform. So we know, we know this is totally different. And we have no idea. At that time, 
I was hiding in the empty school building. Um, when when they they came in, not nothing was open because we just finished celebrating New Year. Cambodia celebrate New Year in April, the middle of April. <laughs> okay, and. Oh. <laughs> don't 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 ask me to explain all that. It's just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good to go. Yeah. So, so when we celebrate New Year, we shut down everything. We just enjoy celebrating for three days. So at the end of three days, they came in. So oh. everything was everything was still shut down. So how convenient, right? Right. And everyone's all hung over too. <laughs> yeah, they just. <laughs> I know I would be hell. Three days of partying. Yeah, of course, bro. But our celebration is not about party. It's something totally different. Right. It's, different it's like, like a. Like we do. Yeah, it's probably is it closer to probably like the Chinese New Year where there it's like a whole festival and everyone gathers everywhere. Yeah. And all that and. Um, eating. <laughs> I wish we had that. Like we, we just use New Year's as an excuse to party and like have fun. Yeah. But like, I don't like think of anything about New Year's. Like, oh yeah, it's like, like there's not really anything significant behind it. Really. <laughs> so, <I'm sorry>. when, <laughs> that's okay. So when when they came in, everything was already shut down. But but I was hiding in the empty school building with my uncle and his family. My uncle and his family used to live in the suburb, but when when the gun sound and the rocket and everything sound so close, we got very, very scary. So we're looking for a strong building to hide in. We found the empty school building that's a brick building and it looks safe so we went and hide in there so when they brought they proceed to come in took over the country we saw all that and some people raised the white flag say peace 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 but i have no idea what is going to happen but the next day we find out we found out that they went door to door to everywhere that they could they point the gun at people, they say, get out, get out, now, now. Wow. So we get out. If we don't, get shot right, right then. That And that actually happened, though? Like, they actually kill people like that? Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, my God. That's yes, yes. They will shoot you because you you don't obey. This is wow. the new, new, new ruler. Yeah. They consider they consider themselves the ruler. They took over. They win. The they rightful ruler. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they evacuate people from all the city. I thought they evacuate only from Phnom Penh, the capital city, but later on I found out everywhere. All the city was evacuated. Imagine at that time there were seven million people oh in the whole God. country. Yeah. So. And they, they just rounded people up and like, mm -hmm. and yeah. did did what with them? They round people up and they push us to walk out from the city. They didn't have solution for us. No, you just walk out. 
don't ever come back. Oh. Well, they lie to us and say, just get out right now because the bomb will be dropped. Right. There will be the bomb. So hurry, hurry, go out. So we cannot take Mike with us. I just have a few clothes and my uncle has some food and that's it. We pack up and when and there remember everything was shut down. So if we run out of food, forget it. You yeah. don't have anything to eat. You just stay hungry. So, so we slept yeah, we, we walked and we slept on the ground. There's no no place to sleep. Just just sleep on on the ground. Wow. So where what was your plan? What were you guys or I guess it was be more of what was your uncle's plan? Did when they were pushing you guys out of the city, you were I mean, <laughs> what was next, you know? Well, his wife um have a relative have his uh, her relative in the suburb, not in the suburb, in the village, a little beyond the suburb. Okay. So it's along along the river. So we walk along the river. There's a road, so we walk along that uh, that road and try to go to her hometown. So that's our direction. But other people that don't have anybody in the suburb or in the village, they just they just uh, just homeless. Yeah, homeless they, now. Yeah. yeah, homeless. Yeah, we are all homeless at that. Yeah. Before we get to her her village, we are homeless. I mean, yeah, you pretty much just get told to, like, get out. And, like, if you don't yeah. have anywhere to go, where are you going to go? Like, we, we just wander. So we just follow the crowd. Did they ever give the option to stay? If you want, you said they, they took the people or took some of the young people and brainwashed them. And then just if you weren't chosen, that's it? Or... Or how did, yeah? Yeah, the, the, the young people that had been brainwashed, they, when they came in with the military takeover, they are brutal. They are rough. They shout at us just like, they treat us like their enemy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Was there like a big difference you saw with the the royalty versus the... Dem is it democracy? Democracy, yeah. When that shifted, yeah, when they shifted and you guys or you guys voted for a democracy or however, did you see a big difference or was it kind of just around the same with no, different people? Not, not much different. Yeah. The lifestyle, the lifestyle, the government, everything, it's the same. Because that's just, what, yeah. that's what I'm trying to think of is like, in my mind, in order for a communist uprising to take place, right, like people got to have a pretty big problem with the existing government. So I thought that like democracy came to Cambodia and like it was just really bad there, like no one liked it. But like if things didn't change all that much, like why did these communists like feel so like feel such a need to take over? Well, the situation that had been existing for centuries is that there are rich people, there are very poor people, so there's a big gap in between. So 
so the communists, their propaganda is that everybody will be equal. No more uh, no more poor. So that's that's their number one weapon. Like the promise of equality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I gotta say though, like or I gotta ask, do you see any parallels in like the US versus Cambodia in terms of like saying Oh, you know, these people are oppressing you, and if we rise up, then, like, no one will be in poverty? I haven't thought about that. Really? Yeah, because I, I, I agree with you, Kevin. I've seen through what you're telling, I, I do see a little bit of relation to the American politics right now. It's the, the fear propaganda, and you're oppressed. And we're, it's not you decide you're oppressed. You're being told you are oppressed. So yeah. it's it's kind of being it's fear instilling, just like it seems like, just like communists. Like, yeah. But they're sneaky here because, like, normally communism is it's just the oppressed versus the oppressor. Like that's you're in one of those two groups. Mm. Um, but here they don't really make that divide where it should be, like, like the rich versus poor. It's like they make it a race thing now, where. Right. If you're white, you are inherently the oppressor, and then if you're anything else, you're like the oppressed. You know, mm-hmm. it's yeah. I I definitely see some parallels because I, all I hear right now is this promise of like equity. That's like the new word, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like okay, if everyone has equal outcomes, can y'all still hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Like if everyone has equal outcomes, then it's almost like everyone. Like, everyone thinks that outcome's going to be good, but then if it's just an equally poor outcome, you know. Yeah. 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 So um, were I these – these were these were Cambodian communists then is what you're saying? So they, they came yeah. they came from Cambodia and decided to go against Cambodians. Right. So right. Did, was there – so right now there's a big divide in – America with just the left-leaning versus the right-leaning politics a huge divide was that very visible over there before the takeover and before the outbreak or did it just kind of sneakily like Kevin said it's come out? yeah they're they, sneaky bro yeah sneaky they hide in the in the forest in the in the jungle so their training camp is somewhere maybe in the jungle nobody knows oh. but when the time comes they come out very strong, very aggressive. Because, wow. like, in their mind, they're not communists, per se. They're freedom fighters, right? They probably consider themselves. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. They are, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. But they are communists. And, and they are... They, they come to punish all the people in Cambodia. Their, their role is punish all of us because we, we didn't do anything about it. So they are the one who did. Okay. So even though they view you as oppressed, right, it's still your fault because you let this happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, because wow. we enjoy that lifestyle. Right. That's what they, yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah you're so guilty. That's, 
Guilty. You were born guilty. Yeah, you're complacent. You don't do anything about it. Yeah. So you go. You go. Get out. Get out from here. Yeah. So so when you end up, you go you go to the village outside of the town, and you're here in America now, right? You're over in Tampa. Yeah, yeah, but it's a long journey. Yeah, that's that's what I was getting to. I don't have anything to write in my book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> quite quite a ways away from Florida. Um, yeah. how did how did you get here? How did you how did you land over in the U.S. or or better yet, why the U.S. You could have. I mean, there's a couple places. Why not Australia? Australia is pretty close, and I, I mean, in 1970s they weren't. Yeah, there are a lot of Cambodians went to Australia. Yeah. I have a connection in the United States. My, one of my relatives, in fact, is my mom's uh, cousin, came to the United States before everything happened. So um, he was the connection, and and I made connection with him. Uh, well, I had to escape out of Cambodia first. Right. Yeah. How can you kind of so like the communists take over? You leave. Then how does how do you escape then? I, I did not escape for about five years later. I wow. suffered. Yeah. I suffered. I almost died. Almost. Oh, my God. And that's Bye. and that's living off of the land, just finding food to eat, finding water to drink, right? Cause not, not only don't have enough food, they push us to work extremely hard. Yeah. They, we were in a forced labor camp. Whoa, wow. so like you left the city and the communists like caught you? They follow us, they know where we are going. Oh, so... fair enough. <laughs> oh, that I'm sorry, I don't know anything. Oh about my this. god, so yeah, they... no, when that's what I was saying when I first met her on in the forum, I was shook because I mean, even in American literature, all growing up in high school here, there was there was no history on Cambodia. I, I don't remember learning anything about it. It was all Vietnam. Vietnam, the Holocaust. Yep. And I, I heard almost nothing of this. So that's that's why I was so eager to talk to you because, I mean, so you, they fo follow you to from where you escaped <laughs> there from. They are. Yeah, they followed you. They kick you out from where they are. They follow you to get you back. And now they bring you to work for them. What, yeah. what so, work are you doing? Well, it's a long journey before then, but to, to save us some time, I end up in the camp. This camp, they 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 want single men and women, so I I fit into that category. So I went into that camp with one thousand of us, one thousand. Uh, young men and women, all single. So that means I had to be separated from my uncle and his family. I by myself now. And they want us to go to work in the rice field every day, seven oh. days a week. And each day, it's about fifteen to sixteen hours a day. What? And the time and and the condition of the work is in the sun. Yeah, outside. 
<laughs> my, and the wheel. And you, do you know how hot that is? Yeah. Oh my god. How hot? How hot? The temperature. I would say the average is about a hundred degrees. And, and like humid as hell too. Yeah, that's yeah. that's I almost Iraq temperatures. <laughs> and you work in that heat all day long. Yeah. Oh and, my god. And uh, we receive very little food. Yeah, and then where do you camp. sleep? Where do you sleep after? You sleep next to each other and on the floor. We have a, a shelter, so we sleep in the shelter on the floor. Yes, and about ten of us in one shelter, and then another ten in one shelter. So one thousand total. And with this working condition, and with the little food that we receive, and we sleep about four hours a night. That's what? all. That's all the time that we can sleep. Oh my God. I'm sorry. That and like too, they're probably like people are got to be getting sick though, working that much, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah we 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 get sick very fast. So wow. I yeah. Yes. So so, how long did that happen? How long did that go on for? The uh, four, years. four years. Four years. Four years. I endure. But at one point, I got too sick to work. When 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 you are sick, you can you still need to go to work. Otherwise, you would not receive the little food that we're supposed to receive. Oh so you cannot. Say, say you cannot say oh I'm sick cannot work no if if everybody say that nobody can work because we are all sick they know that they know that so yeah, until, yes until I got too sick to work so I don't care I can't go so when that happened they sent me to an to a hospital they said you need to go to the hospital so I feel a little bit better. I say, okay, maybe I can get help at the hospital. Guess what? When I get to the hospital, I realize it's not a hospital. It's yeah. The it's, it's the infirmary. That place, there is no doctor, no medication. There's nothing to help us. It's just a place for you to wait for the time you die. So you said you were too sick. They were like, "Oh, we're gonna send you to a hospital, right?" And they send you to this place that's like a, like a hospice, just just for you to die, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because the if there is no doctor, there is no medication. What right. hospital is that? What kind of hospital? <laughs> yeah, it's just a room. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. So, um, did you did you meet any? Do you have any friends from that time in? Did anyone else? Do you have any acquaintance that you still talk to? Like, because yeah, when I went in the military, you know, I went we I went overseas. I ended up suffering my my mental health disorders. Then I ended up getting getting out, and I have probably th the only real friends I have are from there still. You know. So, do you still have? Mm -hmm, yeah. yeah. Um, I have a few, a few that we re we reach out and we. One one of my friends, she did the search online and she finally she found me, she found me and she sent me an email. Not not email. She sent me a letter. 
Wow. Yeah, that's what about about ten years ago she found me. And wow. then after after we made connection she told me about two other people that came from the same camp. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. I get chills. I have chills from that. That's that's unbelievable. Yeah. And another thing that I want to mention is that remember I said we start out one thousand of us? Yeah. At the end of four years, they're probably less than 300 people left. Many of them died. And how many camps were in Cambodia? Was this the only one, or how many were were around? There are many, which I, I don't know how many. Yeah. There are, yeah, there are a lot of uh, region. They're divided by region. Right. <coughs> and what was... Some, some, some region is hard. It's harder than the other. Okay. So I consider my condition is not as serious, as bad as some other place. Did they ever, like, uh, the, they had, like, guards at the camp, I assume? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. What, were they, what were they like? Can you describe them? Like, y'all's interaction with them? <laughs> Well, um, they they wear black uniform. They carry that big automatic weapon all the time, and and you you just have to follow their rule. Their rule is just get up, go to work. Wow. Get up, go to work. It, and then... <laughs> this is crazy to me. And so you were in there for four years. You ended up going to the hospital. After the hospital, do, did they send you back because you were covered, or that was it after the hospital? Well, I had to escape from that hospital because <laughs> I know. <laughs> should have known. Well, yep, I should have known. No. <laughs> <laughs> because, well, that's my that's my story, my 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 theme, my life's theme is escaping. Because if you don't. <laughs> If you don't, nobody, nobody care about you. Right. Nobody, nobody can do anything. I, I realize that if I stay in this infirmary, there's nothing to help me to get better. But I will get worse because other people have many more disease. Right. So I already, I already have a few. I cannot afford to add some more. And and I was so weak and I almost died already. I cannot take any more. So I sneak out. How did you do that? Yeah, how did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. I'm sorry. How did you do that? Well, you know, they <laughs> did not care too much about us because we are about to die anyway. Yeah. So the God is the 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 armed guard is, did not pay too much attention with us. So at, I was praying during during that stay in that in that infirmary. I was praying because I want to survive. I remember my family and I want to go back home. That's my that's my purpose. I want to survive because of them. Right. And I pray and ask God to help me. So here's what, what God 
how God answer my prayer. Give now, me, I'm sorry, give me a little bit, a little bit extra strength. One morning when I woke up very early before everybody else, and I realized, oh, I feel a little bit better today. Oh, I'm going to walk, walk out from here. I don't know what happened, what's going to happen, but I did. I yeah. walked out, and I went back to where the work, the work camp is. So I was very lucky. I met a team leader who is very kind. She's the one who come from the capital city just like me. But she she was stronger than me. She didn't get as sick as I. So she had a, a leadership position. She, she controlled a few people in her team. And she saw me. She feels sympathy for me. She said, stay with me. And and she realized that I cannot do much because I'm too sick. So she went to the kitchen. It's a kitchen area where they prepare all the food for thousands of us. So she talked to them and uh, asked if they can use my help. They said yes. So I got a job in the kitchen. That's my life saving opportunity. Wow. Can you imagine? Yeah. Everybody else, everybody else worked extremely long hour and exhausted and starved, and I got a job in the kitchen. So yeah. I think God, that's God answer my prayer. So yeah. you're working in the kitchen, right? How long yeah. were you working in the kitchen for? For about five, six months. Um, so I felt better every day, little by little. I gain my strength back. I feel less sick. So my sickness kind of shut off when uh, when I get some food, get more rest, and uh, so eventually for about several months, I look normal again, almost normal, all <laughs> 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 almost normal. So about as normal as you can look. Yeah, yeah. No, so when when the big boss saw how I look, how I feel, <laughs> he wouldn't let me stay in the kitchen. So he pulled me out and threw me into the rice field again. Oh my God! So you're you're just farming rice to feed the communists, pretty much. Farming rice, and the I don't know what they do with the harvest. Don't know what oh. they do with the crop. They they send it somewhere. We have no idea all we need all we need to know is just go yeah yeah. (laughs) so you get sent back to the to the rice field right Mm -hmm. and was everyone like hey what happened yeah where'd you go yeah (laughs) no nobody pay attention to anybody because everybody tried to survive yeah everybody's in their own head thinking all day Especially so in your when you're in the rice fields, I'm sure you're not working alongside someone too, right? So you're outside no. in the sun for 14 to 16 hours in your own head all day long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when we go to the shelter to sleep at night, then we can have some social time. We talk to each other and so on. So If you I, don't want to sleep. <laughs> if you don't want to get your extra four right, hours. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We are all exhausted. As soon as we put our head down, we are gone. Yep, that's it. So nothing. 
Wow. Yeah, I would be way too tired to talk about it. What are you going to talk about? Like, I mean, yeah, that's football. That, yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> like, bro, the communist been taken over for like years. What are you going to talk about? Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I want to share something funny now that you mentioned that. Yeah. <laughs> there are times that we, we <laughs> there are times when we get so hungry. We, we got so hungry and we are craving for all the beautiful food because what we eat is like like rice and nothing else. It's, it, it's just so boring and so tasteless. And we were dreaming about all the delicious food, curry and steak and all that wonderful thing. So we... We... Sh we... <laughs> we whisper to each other we we share with each other about the best recipe they can think of. And you guys, are, oh, that's about all you can do. We entertain each other about recipe. Oh, how, how do you? <laughs> well, what was your favorite recipe before you got in here? <laughs> wow. Wow, yeah, because, I mean, there's not much else to talk about. I mean, that's so that's like basic training, Kevin. Yeah, that's how it's... Entertain our, our mind a little bit. <laughs> I mean, that I was the know, same man. after, after. I mean, in basic training, it was it was more like we could talk. There was a little bit more socialization. It's not completely communist, but it was wake up early at 5 a.m. <laughs> it was wake up early at 5 a.m. And then by 7 p.m. we were done with whatever we did for the day. And now you could go to sleep. But you got to be back up at 4 a.m. to do all your bedding and everything. So if you really want to talk to people or write a letter to your family or anything, you got to use the time you would use for sleeping. So it's, it's so for about a month and a half when I was in basic training, I mean, I... I tried to talk to, <laughs> try to talk to as many people as I can because it would keep me sane. But you're, you're giving up sleep for that. Every minute you're talking yeah. to someone. It sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if my basic training was quite as bad as communist Cambodia. Yeah, I mean, there's just similarities. <laughs> That's the only thing that we have to parallel off. Of. Exactly. Like, yeah. That is and such an alien concept to any one of us here. Like, yeah. Like how many people, Trevor, you know that like escape communism, or even even wake up every day and can't go grab a glass of milk that they'd normally drink or their coffee that they'd normally drink? Just stuff like that that everyone, what would they do without it? I don't even know, bro. It's 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 insane to think about. And that's what I'm thinking. Like I think America could use some time to think. They need to get off their phones and think. Maybe we should use a couple hours in the sun. You know, and to, and actually think that it's productive, and and that we're not doing it enough now. But I mean, you're you're very well well spoken, Sarah. It's very very impressive how how well you speak. And I'm sure English isn't your first language, right? So when did you start to switch to English? Well, I start to learn to speak. When the time I arrived in the United States, I was 27. I when? Was 40, yeah. 40, what year? And you got here what? 81. 1981. Wow. Yeah. I mean, at least she got here at kind of a good time. Like, the 80s was a pretty cool decade from, like, people that I talked to that were there, at least. 
<laughs> like if you got here in the 70s and we're like rationing gas and all that crap, you know. Yeah. 80s was a pretty dope time to be alive. Yeah. Shout yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, I, I, that's where I start to speak English, so it's it's not easy, but it's much better than the rice field in Cambodia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather learn English than have to work every day in a rice field. <laughs> so, like, they send you back to the rice field then, and, like, you were, how long were you there for before you, I mean, yeah, or, or was that the last stop before you escaped? No. Um, so I was sent back to the right field. So all together from the beginning until about four years into this, there was some commotion out. We heard some some guns, some rocket in, in the distance. So the cam got moved. So they moved the cam. You know how where they moved? They moved to the jungle. So every every week. We pack up and then move, and then every time we get to a destination, we we stop and we we like clear out the place to cut down the trees and so on, and then find a place to sleep. So we keep moving. Every week or two weeks, we move to the next station, the next next place. So I realized that we are moving into the jungle. So I got disappointed because. I know in order for me to find my family, it's not, it's not in the, in the forest. It's not in the jungle. Right. Going so, the wrong way. Yeah. Wrong yeah. direction. <laughs> <laughs> wrong direction. So, you know me now, by now, I'm not going to conform anymore. So I'm planning escape. This time, it's a very dangerous. Because they know somebody's coming after them. Yeah, they're running if, from something. Yeah, but if we run away from from them, from this group, that means we are sided to the enemy. So that's why hundreds of thousand people get killed during that time, try oh. to get out from the communism into the new new group that try to come and. Um, and uh, liberate us. So I didn't know who come to liberate, but I know that I don't want to keep going to the jungle. So I gathered three of my close friends and we plan a, uh, we, it's not much of planning, it's just pull up that courage, let's get, let's do it, let's do it. So three of, four of us, we, we run out of that place in the middle of the night without knowing, without any map. There's no map. There's no direction. Yeah, you're in the middle of a jungle. You just left. Jungle, there's no GPS. Ain't no cell phones. Man. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have like an Apple map pulled up. Call a cab. <laughs> Yo, an Uber. <laughs> Down here in Cambodia. Can I get an Uber Yo. ride right now? <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah. so wow that's uh, i mean do you remember what you were thinking when you were escaping like what was going on in your head when you were escaping oh. it was just get out hope this works yeah 
That's what I'd be thinking. All I did now remember clearly what I was thinking. All I know, all I thought about at that time was like, <laughs> I hope they it can't see us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's what I was saying. <laughs> So we we had to be very careful that we don't make any noise while we're stepping out, and just try to avoid where we kind of pin down where they are standing, where, what direction they might be looking at, and just a guessing, just a guessing game. So at that point, we just take a risk, big risk, without knowing too much about it. All we know is that. We want to get out. Find our own freedom. Yeah, you're kind of really just concentrating, I gotta imagine, on getting the hell out of there. Not really. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's not. What do you. You don't really know, too. Like, who the people that they're running from are. Like, what direction. You're, like, you could have been running to another. Yeah. Place. Even if you were going to try and plan something, what would you be actually able to plan? We're going to run. Yeah. We're going to run west. Yeah, nothing to plan. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like the courage. Yeah. Be brave. Be brave. If you want freedom, this is your opportunity. So and I asked, yeah, I asked three of my friends. I said, "We, uh, I want to get out. Do you want to go with me?" I do that because I was so frail. You know, all year into that, I fell back. I lost all my weight and was skinny, um, exhausted, tired. So I need some support. So my friend, my three friends, agreed to to go with me. And, and we, how long? What you were on the run then, pretty much, just in the middle of the night. Mhm. Mm okay, and th and then what? And then all night long we were walking. All night long until the next day. When we can see each other's face again, and we look that the only four of us that we can see each other. I mean, we are free. We are yeah. Free. And we keep walking, keep walking. We we look through the the pathway, and we just continue follow the pathway. And finally, we saw some people, and I asked for direction to to my hometown. And some people know, and they point me to the right direction. So I just follow them. <clears throat> oh, it's a long walk, very long walk. Yeah. <laughs> very long. Weeks, weeks, weeks of walking. Barefoot, barefoot. Oh, I didn't even think about that. You didn't have shoes? No. So you were walking through the jungle in Cambodia in the middle of the night with no shoes on. For weeks. I vaguely, vaguely remember. We used to have one pair of shoes of all that years. We we might still have that shoe with us. I, I very, very vaguely. I could not re remember. But it wasn't wow. no, like, hiking boot. Though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. No. They're not, <laughs> not going to go and give you. No. no. There's a rubber shoe that make out of the um, the tire, the, the the oh the wheels, the wheels. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, you just like Crocs. Yeah, they give you. Yeah. yeah. Like Crocs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why it lasts many years. Yeah. I think we might still have that. I, I couldn't remember. Not anyway. So when I saw people and I asked for direction and and I was so surprised. Why these people walk so freely? What happened? Why are they yeah. So free? Yeah. yeah. I was going to ask. They're just <laughs> out there? Like these aren't like guards right. or anything? Right. So, so I don't know who to ask. But finally, after I get to my hometown, and I track down and track down my family, and I found my family at the end. And, and my dad was not at home at that time. I said, what, where is dad? Mom said, oh, your dad ride a bicycle everywhere, every day, looking for you. Wow. My dad was looking for me everywhere, asking people, have you seen my daughter? Have you seen my daughter? He didn't yeah. get any answer. Yeah. So Did he come home then? Yeah, he came home later and surprised to find me alive. <laughs> yeah. Find me alive. And then I found out that the whole country had been liberated four months ago. And you've been on the run for four months. Oh, just going. So, oh my gosh. So the country gets liberated and these clowns move you into the jungle. Yeah. And then just keep moving. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. So if I did not escape, I probably still. Yeah. In the jungle, I probably die already. Yeah. I mean, they. I mean, the communists were just running. They didn't have a plan. They were so they just run into the jungle until we, until we get yeah. caught. I guess, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's um, that's my bravery story. It's like sometimes you have to take a risk. Yeah. You cannot be, you cannot be complacent. Did did the communists get to your parents? Well, that's another story. My my family was in the in the different city from me when when I I was evacuated. I was evacuated from the capital city, but my family is in another province. So they got evacuated the same thing, the same time. But when the time that the the country was liberating, my family gathered. It, each other together and then try to get out from the communists and they got caught. Oh, that ain't good. They got caught, but um, my mom was so smart with come up with something that make them put down their gun. So I, I outline it on my book. Yeah, yeah. One chapter, one chapter to that. So I am so grateful that they did not pull the trigger. If they did, it was, it would be a, a different story. I probably wouldn't be here to talk about it. Did you find out who liberated the country? Yeah, surprise! It's the uh, the Vietnamese. 
from um, next door. No kidding. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Go ahead, Kevin. I'm just thinking, like, so the communists were in Vietnam, right? Did they get liberated from communism and then the same force went to Cambodia? Or am I, I just don't know. I, I don't know. The yeah. communists in Cambodia was formed differently, separately from the communists in Vietnam. So in oh. 1975, this uh, Saigon fell. So the communist Vietnamese took over the whole country. Before there was a North Vietnam and then a South Vietnam. And then in 1975, the the whole Vietnam, the whole Vietnam become communism. And that's, that's around when Cambodia, no, Cambodia was earlier. And it's about the same time. Okay. The same time, yeah. But um, some, somebody from Cambodia um, went out to tell the Vietnamese that there are a lot of killing in Cambodia. Yeah, it must. Yeah, word of mouth. So, so that was the the act of trying to stop the killing. The killing they <clears throat> the common the communist Cambodian they kill everybody that have anything anything in their blacklist. So if you are educated, if you have connection with previous government, if you have been in the military, if you make a lot of money in business, if so on, so was there's a long, long, long list. So I could have been eliminated, but um, it was displaced a few times. So somehow they lost track of me. So, you know, as a college student, they consider a educated person also. So they do that to avoid the uh, the rebellion. Right. The, yeah, the right. educated people might get together and do something. And, and yeah, and sh yeah, and say these guys are all not as smart as we are. <laughs> hey, y'all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. so they, they don't just kill one person. They kill the whole family. Oh, my gosh. That's why wait, 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 wait. So if they found out that you were educated, they would have killed you and your whole family? That's what happened. Oh, my. Yeah, that's like yeah. some North Korea shit, dude. Yeah, I'm trying. Why, why would it be different just because you didn't finish your degree? Like you were going to be educated. You were getting educated. It's just so crazy to me that for all the evil communism is, I mean, for some reason, they still gave you a shelter in the rice fields. They're treating you so poorly, but for some reason, they still let you sleep inside on the ground, right? They still gave you a roof. Why? It just they do. They're doing so many other bad things to you. It just seems so weird where they draw the line finally, and that yeah. even that just seems like one of those things. Why would they? Why would they not consider you educated at that stage? Well, you because, know, um, because I did not come out right to tell them what I did before. There was some time they oh they didn't know they didn't know they didn't oh, know. Man. That's a good thing. Because you're educated. Part, yeah. yeah, because you're educated. Yo. <laughs> yeah, because 
because wow. I had been running away. Um, yeah. There's a long story. You have to read the book. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to. What is uh, what is the name of the book? We'll put it all in the description below for everybody. But It's called How I Survived the Killing Fields. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. How hard, how hard, I've, in the future, I'm going to write a book. I have already decided it. How hard was it for you to put your thoughts on the paper like that? Well, for me, there's a lot of lag time because it had been so long ago. I tried to forget. I didn't, I did not mean to write this book, but there are some situations that are compelling me to write it because I, at one point, I realized that my story might help other people in a, in a very good way. So I decided to write, and after I wrote, I want to put some picture at the end of the book. So there are some picture of me, my husband, and so on at the end of the book. Wow. And I, re I reach out to my brother. My brother lives in Connecticut. I said, can I have a permission to put your picture on the back of the book? He said, what book? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you need to write that? And he said, don't write. Don't do anything. Don't do it. Why did he not want you to? There's a lot of bitterness, a lot of anger. Right. And it's just, just like doesn't want him to have anything to do with it right like he just wants to put it all behind him. yeah yeah so with that i did not put my brother's picture in it and i did not well the name the name of my brothers and all that it's all fictitious i don't want to reveal too much and i don't want anybody to get into trouble because mm -hmm. the communist Meru, it might be hidden somewhere. We don't know. So um, just the precaution. I don't want anybody to get hurt because of my book. It's in my talk right here too. It's right in the open. And yeah. I don't. Want, I don't want my family to be to get hurt because I'm doing this because I want to share the story, the real, the true story. So that we don't want into the get into the same trap. Right. When when people when people do something with anger, if the anger is the propelling factor to for you to do something, the outcome is not good. But if you do something because of your love, your compassion, your kindness, that's a different story. Wow. So I, yeah. I, I, Sarah, you, you have shook me today. This is just such a great story to hear. Um, because I've, I've always been very interested in history. It's always just been one of my, uh, other than math, my math was the one I excelled in. Um, but yeah, history and especially recently, I've just been just doing my research, just learning and learning and, Books, for one, are one of the most purest forms of learning the history because it, if you do find a, a book like yours, you know, it is the truth. There is no 
it, she might be lying or whatever. Or whereas when you scroll on an article somewhere, it it could be lying. If it's Fox News or anyone, it could be lying. It's just book just seems like such a pure form of content for a situation like like this, and and it definitely set out to start reading more books. So I would like to uh, <laughs> would like to read yours for sure. Thank you. <clears throat> yeah. No, I, uh, I'm just, I think it's super, super dope that you wrote this book. I think one of the, the tragedies, I guess, of history is that there's so many stories that are just not told and then forgotten. Um, so to like, just to have a firsthand account like yours, I think it's, it's incredibly special. And, uh, I'm just thankful that you have it like documented on a book that way. I mean, your story will live for so much longer, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh Lord. <clears throat> thank well, you for letting me share. No, thank you so much for saying. I know it, it couldn't be too too easy to get through it, um, especially the first couple of times you were trying to share, right? So so I, I applaud you for your ability to tell the story. It was very, very well done. and. And you have a smile on your face, like you're very similar to my grandmother. My my grandmother, she passed away in twenty twenty uh, <clears throat> thirteen, and it's it, I see a lot. Just you're telling this crazy story, and you're smiling, and you're, you're, you're like, you know what I'm saying? It's just it's something my grandma did all the time, and people look at me crazy when I'm smiling in a situation like this, um, where we're telling such a crazy, brutal story, but. If you, yeah, you it it's all in your head and all in your heart. So um, for me, who revisit the, the situation, it's not not easy. But I have done it. The very first time when I wrote the book, I deal with it. I dealt with it. So I'm I'm healed. So now when I go and speak at the for the group, for the company, and so on. I speak from a place of heal. I'm already healed. I'm over it. It's my experience. I'm using it to help other people. So my that's my position. So I'm not coming out as a victim. You see the difference? Yeah. It, I'm not a victim. I win over it. I'm, I, I triumph over this. Wow. No, like that. I was thinking the same thing too when you were telling me this story. Like this is, uh, this is like some of the most evil things humans can do to each other, and you're speaking about it so like matter of factly. I'm like, bro, you're talking about how like you were just getting work like a slave in these rice fields. Like it's just like going to work, you know. I'm like, what? I don't know. I think it just speaks to like your character and your resiliency, and. uh I don't know. It, it's just crazy, but I I just appreciate hearing it. It's a great story. Just thankful Thank I could you. hear it. Thank you. Oh yes, every time if something bad happened to you, you don't take it as you you are the victim. Nobody can 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 harm you if you don't let them. They might be able to harm you physically, but not mentally. I have been told that, like, if you if you think you're the victim, you're giving 
whatever was hurting you control and more power over you. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, Sarah, thank you so much. Um, I'm very excited to rewatch the episode even. <laughs> um, I can't, I can't wait. I'll be in the M3 linked from now on as well. So I, I hope to see you there. Um, but yeah, thank, I can't thank you enough for coming on and sharing your story. It's, it's unbelievable. And it, even to have someone willing to share is, is a gift nowadays. I appreciate, I appreciate you. If, if you are, if you are able to, um, give me a review, I have a Google, Google my business. You can Google for Sarah M. Other speaker, you, you will find. And also I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Facebook, so wherever you can, you can do a review, that will be good too. Yeah, and we'll, um, for all the people listening, we'll put all those links down in the bottom so that you could just click mm -hmm. them and, and uh, help out, spread some light around the world because we need it. But uh, with that thank said, Sarah, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And um, I'll talk to you probably next week at the forum if you're there. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Kevin, nice to meet you. Absolutely. Great meeting you too. Thank you so much for coming on. All right. Bye, everybody. Yeah.